So since the beginning of the year, we've been uh, on this series, um, really talking about living uncommon. And uh, Wednesday nights, it's kind of like Bible school. We just stay on something and we just break it down and we have different different speakers that that God directs us to have and and uh, because it's all about it's all about being built up in the word right the word the word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word right we need the word and so Wednesday nights is like Bible school when we just continue to to you know, release the word and that's why we also have healing school going on just depositing those things and they've had about you know 25. Uh, 30 people back there every every week, and, and I'm telling you, great reports back there from Eric and Nikki and, uh, and different speakers they've had with Patty Gordon and Trey, and I think David King's going to be ministering in the next couple of weeks back there as well, And but just uh, great things, great things happening. Great word last week from Vic, amen. Thank you, Vic, for the word. Give, give Vic a hand for being obedient to this is that word to us. Joseph was, was was supposed to minister tonight, but he's on a, been on a project with Miss Carolyn, and we're re, doing some remodels to our, our kids' area, and and so him and I switched. So so uh, so I'm looking forward to what God's placed in Joseph's heart uh, for next week, and and uh, but I'm excited to what I get to deposit in in our, in our hearts tonight. So if you have a, your Bibles, go to First Timothy chapter six. And this series was um, birthed out of uh, Acts chapter ten, verse fifteen, and verse twenty eight. And, um, and it just came down to this, that really what it says this, that don't call common what God considers uncommon. And he's talking about, he's talking about the Gentile people, and so he's re- really referring to people. Meaning that you and I were never meant to be ordinary. You, never, you and I were never meant to be average. You know, last year there was a, a new phrase that was... Um, Developed that was a, a phrase we often heard, and it was this phrase, a new normal. I mean, did you hear, did you, did, did we hear that word quite, quite a bit? You know, and, and so that, that, that's got a negative connotation to it because I don't like anything normal. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be average. And so, so how about if a new normal was extraordinary? How, if we look at it that way, the new normal is extraordinary. The, the new normal is supernatural. The new normal is unprecedented. The new normal is, uh, is abundant overflow, right? The new normal is abundantly above all we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. The new normal, if miracles become the norm. You know, so often we talk about miracles and, and, and they, can, they can kind of be like, well, oh man, wow, did, man, you know, we haven't seen a miracle in, in, in 20 years. No, we, we need to see miracles all the time. And we, we see amazing miracles here all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I guess I need to get to Timothy and stop rambling. And, and so I'm going to be in teacher mode tonight. So, uh, so 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 11. And I read in the King James, it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. 
So just uh, what is he what is he saying here? He's talking to Timothy and he's closing out this first letter to him and he calls him this. He says, but thou, O man of God, he's giving instructions to people of God. Now, we, we know he's given instructions to Timothy, but he clarifies that that this is how men of God need to live. Oh, man of God. And before that, he's talking about different things. He's talking about following the, the lusts of, of your fa- flesh, being snared by things of the world and, and being overcome by covetousness and for the love of money is the root of all evil. But he says, but you, oh, man of God, this is how you need to live. So you flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience and meekness. And he says, Fight the good fight of faith. So this man of God is going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. You know, we, we know that that the in this world that you Jesus said this in this world, you will have tribulation. But what be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. We we know that. Right. We know that that there's the, the God of this world. We know that that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We know that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we understand the Apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy in his assignment. And and I've said this often that anytime we see the writings of the Apostle Paul, he's giving us some insight into his personal relationship, relationship with God. He wasn't giving us dogma. He wasn't giving us doctrine. He was giving us his personal relationship with God, how he lived. And he was telling us and telling and telling him how he lived as a man of God. You're going to have to flee these things and you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Say fight the good fight of faith. So if we're going to be uncommon, if we're going to live uncommon in this world, then we're going to have to understand what it means to fight the good fight of faith. Right. Right. We're going to learn what it means to fight the good fight of faith. How many people have you've been in a battle, Right. You might be in a battle right now, right? See, the enemy is going to do everything he can do to get you off God's plan and God's purpose for your life. He's going to want you to let go of promises. He's going to want you to let hold of of the blessing, let hold of what you have a right to. He wants to move you off your assignment. He wants to move you out of where you're called to be. And that could be through temptations. It could be through addictions. It could be through through trials. It could be through, through persecution. It could be through offense. It could be different things. But what we have to understand as believers, if we are going to overcome in this life, we are going to have to fight the good fight of faith. I know that was a mouthful. And he says this, fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold of eternal life, whereunto you were called. So if he says lay hold of eternal life, that means you can let go of it. If he says lay hold of it, that means we could let go of it. Where to your, you're called to this. You're called to a life of faith. You're called to this life of faith. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. And he says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things. And then he says this, and before Christ. Well, before is in italicized in the King James. So that means it was put there by the translators because they weren't sure how to make sense of the scripture. So you really say, say it this way. 
He goes, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things. And he talks about Christ who before Pilate. So he talked about this. He professed a good profession. And then he brings Jesus into it. He brings Christ having this good confession. Right. This good confession in front of Pontius Pilate. So we know that Jesus had an assignment to fulfill. And so this lets me know that if Jesus was going to fulfill his assignment, Jesus had to do the same thing you and I are going to do. And it's going to be fight the good fight of faith. And it had to do with his confession. His words. It was going to be what was coming out of his mouth. Fighting the good fight of faith. And it, and it even gives us a, a description of a time of Jesus' confession. He tells us when. The confession in front of Pontius Pilate. So what was Jesus' confession in Pontius Pilate, in front of Pontius Pilate? Because this is how Jesus had to fight the good fight of faith, okay? So you don't need to turn there, but you can write it down. It's John chapter 18, verse 37. And this is what Jesus said. In front of Pontius Pilate, he said, to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. That was that was his confession. The confession was to this end was I born and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. So what what did he what did Jesus How did he fight his good fight of faith? He was holding to his purpose. How did the Apostle Paul fight the good fight of faith? What what did he say? He goes, it doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm going to stand before Caesar. It doesn't matter. Meaning, meaning it doesn't matter how many times I'm shipwrecked. It doesn't matter how many attacks I have. I have a purpose to fulfill. And so what was coming out of Jesus' mouth? For this reason, I came into the world. And for this reason, I was born to do what? To bear witness to the truth. So, so if we're going we're gonna to fight this good fight of faith, we're going to have to hold to our purpose. We're going to have to hold to the things that God has called us to do and the, and the people he's called us to be. Don't let the enemy talk you out of your purpose. Don't him let, let him talk you out of your assignment. Fighting the good fight of faith is found in what's coming out of your mouth. Faith is our victory that overcomes the world. Faith has to be established in two places. It has to be established in our heart and in our mouth. Right? That's how how salvation, Romans chapter 10. It tells us faith is in our heart, in our mouth. What is in your heart is what's going to be coming out of your mouth. And what's coming out of your mouth is going to set the course for your life and the direction for your life. So Jesus, the Apostle Paul, in order to fight the good fight of faith, we are going to have to keep our heart focused on the right things, right? Because what's in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. So Jesus had to have the right things in our heart for the right things to come out of his mouth. To fight the good fight of faith, we're going to have to have our heart on the right things so the right things come out of our mouth. Now, my main assignment tonight isn't to talk about confession, 
But I wanted you to see that we see in Jesus' confession that his heart was sold out to something. The Apostle Paul, his heart was sold out to something because we saw that when he was pressured by the Pontius Pilate, what came out of his mouth and what came out of his mouth set the direction for the course of his life. But it also caused him to fulfill his purpose. See, we, we, I can, I can, I can, I can, we, we can talk about different things that you can say and different things that you should say. And yes, the word needs to be coming out of our mouth, but it's not a formula. Faith is established on your relationship with God, not two plus two equals four. That if I just say this, this many times, then this is going to happen. No, no, I say things because as I say things and as I quote the word, I get to know him. And as I get to know him, then that's how faith is established in my life. So when I confess the word, it's me meditating the word, but ultimately it's to get to know him. It's not some sort of abracadabra. If I just say this and this is what happens. No, it's birthed out of this relationship. And Jesus had this relationship with the father. And because he had a relationship with the father, he had a relationship with his purpose. So when he was pressured by Pilate, what came out of him? For this reason, I was born. And so, you know, a number of years ago, I went through some difficult things back in um, 2007 and went through some challenging things that that ultimately could move me away from my purpose, could have moved me away from what where where God wanted me or God called me. And um, and there was this one phrase that the Holy Spirit gave me in the midst of all this. It was just one phrase. And it was this. He said, keep your heart right and you'll be restored in less than a year. And so, so the thing is, is, is I had to keep my heart right. Why? Because if I'm not keeping my heart right, then the wrong things will be what coming out of my mouth. So, so immediately when I experienced difficulty and I experienced situations in my life, he said, keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. You'll be restored in less than a year. Why? Because Faith is where? In my heart and in my mouth. So if I can keep this right, my spirit man right, what's what's going on the inside of me, then this is going to be right. And then if this is right and this is right, then everything else will fall into place. But I had to keep this right. So if we're going to fight the good fight of faith, we're going to have to understand about where is our heart and what's going on. Because you will experience attacks and the enemy will try to pull your purpose out of you. He will try to keep you delayed for 20 years if he can. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's probably the most different message that you might have heard tonight on fighting the good fight of faith, but did I say first or did I say second? Yes, it's second. Because I, I had another scripture in First Corinthians too, but we won't we won't go there. We'll right now. Second Corinthians chapter ten. For though we walk in the verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, I really, as, I, as I'm talking about it, I want you to see everything through the lens of 
When Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was waiting, he, he was awaiting to be beheaded by Nero. So you have to understand, he's still talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Jesus, when he was standing before Pilate, what he, he was he was facing, this was life and death. So I, 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 so I really want to establish that. So, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we do not war after the flesh, but yet it says we pull down strongholds and we cast down imaginations. This is true spiritual warfare. It's a battle of words, thoughts, and beliefs. You see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How is the enemy going to work? He's not going to show up in a in in you know uh, a red uh, suit with in a pitchfork, okay? How he's going to how is he going to show up? He's going to show up with thoughts, suggestions, beliefs, or words. That's that's how the enemy is going to show up. So just think about it. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and what, you know, there's this thought of just let this cup pass from me. What was coming to him? Thoughts, beliefs, words. What was Jesus having to, to battle? Thoughts, beliefs, beliefs, words. What would the Apostle Paul have to deal with? Thoughts, beliefs, words. That's how the enemy is going to bring deception. So he says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that does what? That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There are thoughts sent to you that you need to cast down. There's beliefs that come to you that you need to cast down. There's opinions that may come to you that you need to cast down. I remember when I, year, years and years and years ago, when I had issues uh, in my, in, I'll just put it this way, in, in myself that I had to battle, that I had to deal with. And, you know, I, as, as, as a Christian, you know, I knew the things that I was battling and I knew the things I was, was facing and the, my actions were wrong. But yet I was having this challenge in this war in my, in my flesh and, and I would go to the word and I go to the scriptures and I'd be cast down every thought and imagination that exalts us against, you know, casting every thought and imagination. I cast down, I cast that thought down. I cast that thought down. Okay. All right. I'm thinking that thought. Okay. I cast that thought down. I cast that thought down. I cast that thought down. And am, am I really insane right now? Cause I, even the more I cast it down, then the more I'm thinking about the thought I'm trying to cast down. And it's like, What's going on here? And, and, and the Lord said, came to, he said to me, he goes, Justin, he goes, you're not reading the whole scripture. It's casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it's not just casting down thoughts but it's casting down the thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So what I needed to understand was what is the knowledge of God? 
So instead of, instead of trying to cast down, instead of, instead of having sin consciousness, because my thoughts I'm casting down is just me being sin consciousness about my weaknesses, instead of renewing my mind to the knowledge of God. So casting down every thought and imagination. So I would, instead of casting on a thought, I'd, I would cast the thought down and I would say this. My knowledge of God is this, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My knowledge of God is this, that he sanctified me and he set me apart. My knowledge of God is this. That he has given me the word of God. And because he's given me the word of God, my mind is being renewed. My knowledge of God is this, that he has set me apart. My knowledge of God is this, that I've been bought with a price. My knowledge of God is this. So you you see what I'm saying? So, So the thing is, is we have to cast down thoughts and imaginations. That exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So don't let the enemy bombard your mind. You have to get up and fight. You have to fight against the thoughts that are contrary to God's purpose for you. And they really need to see the Apostle Paul and Jesus. They were dealing with thoughts. They were dealing with things that were contrary to the purpose. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. I could stay on that longer in different directions, but I, I just want to go forward. I believe I'm supposed to go forward. Ephesians 6. Thank you, Father. Fighting the good fight of faith. What is that? Thank you, Father. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the word wiles is where we would get our word deceit or trickery from. Or trap from. Now, what are deceptions? Deceptions are thoughts and lies that may be coded in truth. That may be, maybe, may, maybe have a touch of truth. Deceptions are thoughts and lies that may look like truth. So it tells us, put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil, the tri- the tricks and the traps of the devil. So remember. The attacks of the enemy are going to come how? Through words, thoughts, and beliefs. Words, thoughts, and beliefs. I should say wrong beliefs. Words and thoughts. That's how the, en- the enemy is going to come with thoughts and words. So if we're going to fight the good fight of faith, we need to make sure that we have the right words and we have the right thoughts. Yeah. 
And so he says, we stand against all the wiles of the enemy. So we stand against the words and the thoughts of the enemy. Hallelujah. Now let's look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. For we wrestle not against. Now I'm really, I'm really keep bringing it back to this, 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 this fight of faith. This good fight of faith. Because the enemy is going to try to move you off of faith. He wants to steal. The enemy comes immediately to do what? Steal the word, right? He wants to bring different words. He wants to bring different thoughts. So we're going to have to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So this word wrestle in the Greek is the word pale. And it means an intense conflict. We wrestle not. This, this, when they heard the word pale, if you look at this word up and you understand it, this word pale in the, the original language here in the Greek on how it's written is it would be like you and I saying, saying MMA fighting, or it would be uh, like football or uh, baseball or whatever the competition might be because they'd have this mindset. So, so when they heard pale, they knew, they knew exactly what that was. Just like, just like an intense conflict, an intense competition. They, they knew exactly what they would, that they, he was talking about because they knew what pale was. And they had these things in that particular time were, were palestras. In a palestra where there was three different, there was three different uh, things happening in a palestra. And it was a stadium of fighting. You would have, you would have wrestling, you would have forms of boxing, but then there was this one section where it was pancreon. And, and what that was is that was fighting to the death. And that's where they would put their glass on their hands and they would do different things and it was fighting to the death. And so this is the particular word that the apostle Paul is using where we wrestle not we wrestle not against. Meaning this is an intense conflict and this intense conflict is to the death. This is, this is something that is life and it's something that's life and death. Meaning this is intense. And then it's, he says it's not against. That we wrestle not against. Now this word against, a lot of times in the Bible, this word against would be where we would get anti, like anti-Christ. But this particular word against is actually the Greek word pros, P-R-O-S. And it means face-to-face. It means face-to-face. So what is he saying here? This is not a, this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Meaning, this isn't an intense conflict face-to-face with flesh and blood. But it is an intense conflict face-to-face with the spiritual realm. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness and high places. See, the attacks that you might be experiencing, these are spiritual attacks. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy wants to come in and he is going to come in with thoughts. He's going to come in with words. He's going to come in with wrong beliefs, wrong opinions to do what? To move you off your faith. But if we're going to fight the good fight of faith, we have to have right words, 
right beliefs. For our intense conflict is not face-to-face with flesh and blood, but face-to-face with the enemy. Now let's go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you, Father. I am going somewhere. I'm just <laughs> you're like you're all over the place, Pastor, tonight. Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty-one it says this: When a strong man, armed, keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted, and he divides his spoils. Now let's look at verse 21 again. It says, when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. Now, what does this mean? When a strong man. Now, this word strong man in the Greek is a word iskaris. And it means, this, this word strong man means one who is... One who has strength of soul, uh, one whose strength of soul to sustain attacks. It means one who is strong in body and mind. So this, that's what this means, when a strong man. So this particular strong man here is someone that is strong in mind and strong in soul and strong in body. So it says this, so the man that is strong in soul and body, who's armed, and the word armed here means equipped and ready, equipped and ready. They're not, they just don't, it's not just a person that has, has weapons, but it's a person that's ready. So I'm going somewhere, all right? So here, this strong man, see, there's difference between these two strong men. There's, there's differences in here. So there's a strong man that is strong in his soul. Where's your soul? Your mind, will, and your emotions. So a person that is strong in their soul. This is a person that is fighting the good fight of faith. This is a person that's casting on every thought and imagination. This is a person that is, is standing against all the wiles of the enemy. Standing, and he's rest, not wrestling against flesh and blood, but he's wrestling against all the powers of darkness. This strong man, he's strong in soul, and he's ready. What does it say about this man? It says, it says this. It says, he keeps his palace and his goods are in peace. So this person that's strong in soul and ready for battle, the enemy can't touch his stuff. The enemy can't touch his purpose. The enemy can't say this. The enemy can't touch me. But see, this is the person that's strong in soul, meaning they have they they are in a place where where it doesn't matter what comes against them. The enemy doesn't have a foothold or a stronghold in them. But then it says this. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him. Now that word stronger than he is when one that comes that conspires to bind. It also means this one that deceives in order to bind. 
So that was stronger than he, meaning when someone come that so when someone comes in order to bind the deceive in order to bind, it said he shall come upon him and overcome him. He takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and he divides a spoil. Let me read it this way. And this is my paraphrase. But when one that comes to deceive in order to bind shall lay hold of the mind and overtake him with deception and calamity, he will carry him off and conquer all his weapons for war that he had confidence in, and he shall lose everything. So you have a strong man that's ready. It says his palaces will be in, it will, his palaces will be in peace. But you have this same strong man when that strong man has been deceived. And when that man is deceived, what happens? It takes away his weapons. And when you take away his weapons, it says he loses everything. So fighting the good fight of faith. Now let's go back to, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. The bottom line as believers, we are to be strong men and strong women of God. Hallelujah. That we are no longer tossed to and fro. That we are not double-minded men, unstable in all our ways, but we are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now that was my foundation. <laughs> just, give, just give me 10 more minutes. Maybe 10 more minutes. Ephesians 6, now verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Remember what we just read in, in, in Luke? What does he say? He goes, he takes away his weapons. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I want to switch gears just for as we go into this, this, this last part. Being strong in the Lord. What does that mean? Being strong in the Lord. I'm not being strong in Justin. I'm not being strong in my weapons. I'm not being strong in my armor. The Bible tells me. Put on the whole armor of God. It didn't say the armor of Justin. It's the armor of God. Being strong in the Lord. So I want to now connect fighting the good fight of faith and being strong in the Lord. As I was praying over this today, I want you to see that being strong in the Lord has everything to do with trust. Being strong in in the Lord is not trusting in my ability to be strong, is not trusting in my weapons, but I'm trusting in the, being strong in the Lord. So as I was just kept saying that over and over today, being, being strong in the Lord and the power of his might, being strong in the Lord and the power 
of his might. What, how, do, how do I do that? What does that look like? How, how do I become strong in the Lord? How, how do I walk that every day? Do I be strong in the Lord? I'm strong in the Lord. See, the only way that I can actually walk that out in my life is when I understand trust. Being strong in the Lord. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. What is trust? Trust is reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or thing. It's reliance on integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or a thing. So being strong in the Lord is all about trust. This is a familiar scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It kind of sounds like be strong in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, his ability, his power, his strength. I believe fighting the good fight of faith when Jesus had a good confession and when the apostle Paul was telling Timothy, oh man of God, fight the good fight of faith. I believe ultimately he was saying, hey, trust in the Lord. Fighting the good fight of faith is choosing to trust in the Lord when it doesn't look like things are going the way they should go. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. See, faith can believe that God is, but trust causes you to not be moved in any situation. Faith is faith and trust or belief and trust are two different things. See, I can bring a chair up here and I can, I can believe that there, that chair exists. I believe that chair exists. I, 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 you, you say, Justin, is, is that a chair? I, that is a chair, but it's a whole other thing. Say, do, can, do I believe that that chair can hold me? See, that's the difference between belief and trust. I can believe that's a chair, but do I trust that the chair can hold me? Amen. So fighting the good fight of faith is about trust. Trusting in another's ability, trust in another's strength. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 7, 17. Fighting the good fight of faith is about being strong in the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 17. Verse 5. In the Amplified, it says this. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the strong man. Cursed is the strong man who trusts in and relies on frail man. What did Luke say? When a stronger than he. See, if you're doing in your own ability, you're doing your own, you're trying to, you're trying to do life in your own ability, your own strength. You're depending upon your own self. This says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the strong man who trusts and relies on frail man, making weak flesh his arm and whose mind and heart turn aside from the Lord. For he shall. So who the, the strong man who trusts in himself? For this man shall be like a shrub 
or a person that's naked and destitute in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in a parched places in the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Verse 7 says, But most blessed is the man who believes in and trusts in and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. So blessed is the man who believes, relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that spread out its roots by the river, and it shall not see and fear when he comes. Now, now listen to that. It says, he, it says that he shall not see and fear when heat comes. Now, it doesn't say that, that heat doesn't come. It just says that he doesn't see it. And he doesn't fear it. It doesn't mean that you don't have attacks. It doesn't mean you don't experience negative things. It just says, it says because you're trusting, you're not moved by those things. It says, and it says this, but its leaf shall be green. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought. Meaning even in the year of drought, it's not going to have fear or anxious, be anxious. And then it says this, nor shall it cease yielding fruit. Meaning I'm not going to stop yielding fruit. I'm not going to, even though it's in a year of drought, I'm still going to see fruit. See, this is fighting the good fight of faith is about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and being strong in the Lord has to do with my level of trust in his ability on my behalf. And it says this person that trusts this person that trusts, it says that he will not see and fear when he when when the heat comes. But it says his leaf shall be green. So even in the midst where there should be heat, his leaf is still green. And he won't cease yielding fruit. Now let's go to Psalms 125 and I'll be about done. Psalms 125. Trust. Trust. Fighting the good fight of faith is about trust. Trust. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Psalms 125, verse 1 says, Those who trust in... Lean on and confidently hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides and stands fast forever. So it's interesting. He gives us some descriptions of, of just objects that we can see. In Jeremiah, he gives us a tree. A tree. Here he gives us a mountain. Those who trust and lean on and confidently hope in the Lord are like Mount Zion which cannot be moved, but abides and stands fast forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from this time forth and forever. Fighting the good fight of faith is all about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And being strong in the Lord has everything to do with trust. And if I trust, it tells me I'll be like a tree that's planted by a river. If I, if I'm, if I'm in trust, then I'm like a mountain. I'm like the mountain that surrounds about Jerusalem that can't be moved. It can't be moved. Can't be moved. Jesus could not be moved. Jesus could not be moved. You couldn't move him off his confession. Why? Because his heart was focused on, on trusting God. 
Why could he say, why he could say, as, as I was brought into this world and as I came here, so it shall be. Why could he say that? Why? Because he was established in trust. Why could the apostle Paul say to say to Timothy while he's standing on death row? Why could he say fight the good fight of faith and have a good confession? Why? Why? Because he trusted in God being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Being strong in the Lord and the power of his might is about trusting in someone else's ability greater than your own. And it doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter if there's heat. It doesn't matter if there's drought. It doesn't matter if there's a, if there's a pandemic. It doesn't matter what the economy says. It doesn't matter what might be happening in the news and what's going on around you. The bottom line is we have to be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might, meaning I'm trusting in him and I'm trusting in his ability. See, this is this is what fighting the good fight of faith is. I'm trusting him no matter what. I'm trusting in his his character. I'm trusting in his integrity and I'm trusting in his ability. Let's go back to and I'll close with Ephesians six, Ephesians six. Ephesians 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the deceptions of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And he says, he says again, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen. Stand therefore. Fighting the good fight of faith is about standing in the midst of any attack that you might face. It's standing against the wiles of the enemy. It's standing against his deceptions. It's standing against wrong words. It's standing against the very thing that would talk you out of God's plan and God's purpose for your life. And he says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand kind of sounds like being immovable. Those that trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion. Mount Zion that cannot be moved. So the trust has to be connected to the weapons of our warfare. Trust has to be connected to fighting the good fight of faith. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth. And then it goes on, you know, the breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. You have to understand all these weapons aren't, aren't my weapons. They're his weapons. So as I'm standing... I'm trusting in his truth. As I'm standing, I'm trusting in his righteousness. As I'm standing, I'm trusting in the sword of the spirit. As I'm standing, I'm trusting in his salvation and his ability to bring me through. As I'm standing, I'm trusting in Rhema. I'm trusting in revelation. I'm trusting in the, I'm trusting in prayer. I'm trusting in his ability. I'm trusting in, the, in, in every weapon that he's given me. I'm telling you, I choose to be a strong man. 
I choose to be a strong man that Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 20, 20, 11, verse 21. I am that strong man that is ready. And then my palace will be in peace. But as I stand against the enemy, I will not be allow a stronger than me to come in and take my weapons. That's what it said. He, the enemy in, in the verse 22 of life said, it said he took the weapons that he trusted in. The enemy, you know what? They, these aren't my weapons, so the enemy can't take them. These are God's weapons. These are God's weapons. So I'm not trusting in my weapons. The enemy can't take these weapons. Now, I might let go of those weapons. But I'm telling you, we are made to be winners in life. We are made to be victorious. So to live uncommon, we have to fight the good fight of faith. If we're going to fight the good fight of faith, we have to be strong in the Lord. And if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we have to, be tr- we have to understand trusting in the Lord. Because in that, we will be immovable. Immovable. Say that, I am unmovable. The enemy can't touch me. The enemy can't overcome me. Because I'm standing. Because I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In Jesus' name. Do you receive that word tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father.